G'day and welcome back to So Rare Grind. This is episode 20, Jack. We're on episode 20. Uh, I'm Joel. Uh, my manager name is Afrikiwi, joined as always by Jack, manager name Jack Hammond444. Before we get into the podcast today, as per usual, a reminder, if you've not started your So Rare journey yet, make sure you sign up with someone's referral link. It means you get a free card after buying five off the auction house. Um, all referral links pretty much are the same. Uh, ours will be in the, in the bio below, and ours is on our Twitter page. I think we've had, Jack, a grand total of probably like zero <laughs> referrals. <laughs> and uh, I, tell you, I tell you those listening, it, it is uh, not free to run a podcast, but it's a bit of a labor of love, and uh, and I'm footing the bill. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, Jack, it's been uh, an interesting couple of game weeks again. Uh, frustrating, to be quite honest. Um, how, how have you found it? Mm, well, I had a pretty good experience um, with the Olsan vs. Daegu game recently where Olsan won 4 0. I had a cheeky uh, Olsan stack, uh, excluding um, an Olsan forward. I had Lars Veldbeck as my other forward, but he actually ended up scoring. So um, I nearly, very nearly got my uh, first 400 pointer, but unfortunately, um, I, I was on like 402 po- points, right, Joe? I don't know if you knew this. I nearly overtook your All-Star because I think we'll, we'll be discussing yeah, that. Yeah. We want to discuss that. But uh, yeah, I nearly overtook you and I was like, yes, I'm going to beat Joe and get my first 400 pointer. But sadly, I only got um, 396, which is my highest ever score, I think, on so rare ever across all tournaments from my experience and what I know. Anyway, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain. But uh, I got um, a Nikola Storm, I think his name is. He plays mm-hmm. in the... Um, Belgian league, which I'm very unfamiliar with, and sort of floor price is forty dollars, and I'm like, I would quite appreciate, you know, forty dollars. Um, thank you very much. So I ended up selling him. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much uh, my reward, my one and only reward this week. So not bad. Uh, I always take forty dollars as a, as a reward, considering my uh, roster valuation. I think that's a pretty good outcome. So um, mm. yeah, I'm not I'm not too. Um, displeased i guess you could say also i didn't realize this is our 20th podcast that's pretty impressive right i think also some other accolades have we have we not missed a week of podcast joe i feel like we've been somewhat consistent or very consistent anyway maybe we uh, missed one we might have missed one yeah oh, okay <laughs> well as well as we're only human you know what i mean exactly like, we're only yeah, human pet ourselves in the uh, exactly uh and i um i'm trying to remember if we've had any like mistakes but i think we might have had one or two in there but I think it was your fault, Joel, not mine. So, I mean, <laughs> I look at me, bro. I'm the, I'm the best co-host out here, man. I'm fully prepared. I knew exactly what podcast we were on and everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, how was how was your your week, Joel? I know you want to uh, tell me. Uh, well, tell, tell everyone. Well, I, I've actually, I have, to be honest, I haven't really even followed this midweek, even though I submitted a few teams. I had, like, no playing keepers because um, Ikura's back on the bench again for Vissel Kobe. Um, and... I'm actually in the running for a tier three limited out of underdog with only three playing players, um, which is which is interesting and kind of annoying that Marcos Jr. didn't feature for Yokohama. Could have actually uh, been winning a star if I uh, put a different player in, but them's the breaks. Um, yeah, uh, last weekend, oh, two, game week two nine six, super frustrating. Super, super frustrating. Um, I mean, just you know, Jack and I, I'm going to talk about our football, Jack. 
We um, <laughs> in real life football, um, it's been the end of our season. We had our final game of the season. We uh, were winning three two. Um, with two minutes to go, Jack had scored the, the go-ahead goal. Jack came in 4-4-4, four, 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 scores in the 85th minute to put Petoni FC 3-2 up. Bro, oh, it was absolute scenes. Like, I'm a, I'm a midfielder, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a box-to-box midfielder. It's pretty rare I get on the score sheet, eh? Let alone in the last game of the season to ensure our survival in the league. But, oh, you, you tell the rest of the story, Joel. Sorry for yeah, interrupting, I mean, bro. I was just both. a bit proud there for a second. <laughs> I mean, both Jack came in 4-4-4 four, four, four and uh, Afrikiwi on decisives. Um, <laughs> in that game. Joel with the assist for uh, the second goal, the second goal um, to put us back into it yeah um, but uh, managed to end up losing the game 4-3 um, in disgusting fashion um, and so that was that was just you know a real downer to start the weekend a real frustration <laughs> um, and because obviously New Zealand time zone wise is ahead of pretty much the rest of the world um, when it comes to the weekend football, it's usually sort of Saturday night through till Monday that the, the games are on. So, um, you know, I'm like, oh, at least it's so rare to look forward to. You know, I'm like stoked with my teams this week. I've got, I've got <laughs> you know, I've got some uh, some um, high potential um, scores and teams here. Look at the phone after the game. Um, Jack's already seen it and messaged me. Uh, oh, did you see Yokohama game, the Kawasaki game and the Tokyo game all postponed? <laughs> And I'm like, you've got to be joking me. Because uh, I encourage anyone um, that's uh, bothered to look on uh, Siri data, have a look at my uh, at my teams um, and just how crucial some of those players were to uh, to my lineups. So, like, underdog, Captain Junamona. We talked about him last week, Jack. We were mm. we were like he's gonna he's gonna score well he's gonna start did he ever he scored an eighty two point three Ulsan dominated Daegu um, and Huang Xiaoko and Jilabodji mate um, were solid well not spectacular but solid for underdog like you know all three of them decent scores and then Nakagawa no game for Yokohama of course he scored midweek as well in the Asia Champions League he's like on something like seven decisives in a row or seven in the last eight. Um, and uh, I mean, I didn't have a chance of getting a star limited out of that, but you know, a goal out of that—that's that's a high tier two at at least, if not a tier one um, out of underdog. Uh, specialist was probably even more frustrating. Um, Nishikawa and Iwanami did well. Nishikawa with a clean sheet with Uro's destruction of Jubilo, and my L fifteen forty guy of Santiago Sosa delivered with a solid sixty five. Pretty happy with that, and then Albert and Marcos Jr. both TMPs. Um, I mean, 137 points between the two of them was needed for um, a tier two rare at least, and they're playing at home to Shonen Belmare. Um, and Yokohama always scored two goals or more at home, and um, I'm just so confident that at least one of them would have got decisive, if not both. Um, and then also in Champion Asia, um, wasn't on for as much much of a reward. The rest of the team was a bit, bit average, but Iyanaga is captain <laughs> for Kawasaki at home to Kyoto Sanger, uh, DMP, and so nothing. Um, so there was three... Oh, and my all-star rear lineup, which was a bit of a, like, a bit of a write-off, all of the 
guys that normally but Jong Jae Young was on the bench, came on, scored not much. Mitsumaru didn't have a great score in their three two loss. Um <clears throat> but yeah, Nakagawa, captain of my all star red team. With uh, a big fat zero. And he needed a yeah, decisive there as captain. That's the lower threshold easy, so Frustrating, but at least did yeah win a win a tier one limited from um, the Gaziantep boys. We called it, I called it last week in the podcast. Um, they kept the clean sheet. Ursula got the goal as well to boot, um, and Shimizu Santana mate he scored the goal. Told you. Yeah. Oh, he got so he got an assist. Got an assist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But a solid sixty nine point four from him. Um, I was watching the game and um, was thinking, you've got to be joking me. Like, how have Shimizu not scored? Yeah, I mean, um, Pikachu um, basically kicked the ball like across the line. Um, I don't know, maybe you got, saw Charizard in the crowd and got distracted or something. But, um, <laughs> he had an absolute blunder in this. And um, I was thinking, surely this wouldn't end nil all. And yeah, they scored two goals in the last 20 minutes or so. So. I mean, tier one's always good. It was um, Viviano, the the um, Fatih Karagumro keeper, who I already have. Mm. So I really love giving me players I already have. Like that's the thing, the third time um, it happened with uh, that guy Felipe um, from uh, Fortaleza, and I can't remember the other one. But anyway, um, he's up for up for sale. If you're listening and and want to support the podcast, you can go and buy him. It's actually the lowest lowest priced one, so you know I'm I'm not. Not a stinge. Um, but yeah, frustrating game week, but hey, you know, I've got another game week ahead. I've got a crappy little tier three probably coming my way from midweek, so that's nice. Oh, and the baseball, you know, I'm in for two two rewards in the baseball. I know everyone is just super excited to hear a mention of baseball on the podcast, but uh, um, yeah, that's that's my game weeks. Um Jack, I don't know if you saw that we've got uh, now Rosenborg in the Danish league covered. Mm, I think. Sorry. You mean the Norwegian league, right? I think the Danish uh, league yeah, is already covered. Norwegian league. What am I talking about? Mate, I'm such a good listener, dude. I'm, I'm up with everything, bro. I was just testing you. Yeah. I was just testing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. Just, it's just proving to our listeners that you're a great co host. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you go above and beyond for me. I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I did see that. And I'm, I was like, fair play because I thought previously, like, there was going to be no way that either Sweden or Norway were going to get involved with Sobria because I thought they made like a claim it was like gambling mm. and they didn't want to be a part of it. So maybe something along those lines. I could be completely waffling, but from yeah, memory, I, that's like in my I think brain. you're right. Um, so, heck yeah, that's like another additional league. A league I know very little about. Yeah. Um, I am a fan of Norway. I think it's a beautiful little country. And uh, I know one exchange student that came to New Zealand from there um, and the capital's Oslo. I've actually been to Norway, Joel. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't actually know that. Mm, it is a wacky country, bro. That's that's probably how I sum it up in one word: wacky, bro. Is that is is it because of its wackiness that they produce the quality like Harland? Or precisely, precisely. Right. I think that's a pretty accurate um, statement, actually. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. As as a wacky country, that's what I think, anyway. Um, from my personal experience, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Just lost like one the one listener that we might have had. No, in, no, in wacky Norway. is like <laughs> it's like a, a compliment 
I reckon. It's, it's like unique, right? It's like a synonym to unique. Like it's, it's... Okay, maybe. <laughs> I think it's probably got like a bit more of a negative connotation to it. Uh... Okay. Well, I didn't mean it in a negative way. All right. I, I, I okay. assure you. I like I like Norway. I like it. Um, But uh, I don't know much about it. I, in terms of their football capability, apart from Erling Haaland, the beautiful, the beautiful man. Um, but no, I don't know much about it. Do you, Joel? Not a huge amount. Uh, I do know that we have probably like three listeners in Norway, just looking at the heat map, um, or maybe maybe four, maybe five. Um, so we're probably down five listeners now, Jack. Um, Mate, no, 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 no. They'll they'll respect me. Like I know it's, Oslo, it's, I know Trondheim, I know. Uh, um, are you just looking at a map now? No, because I've, I've been to these places. I've been to these oh, places. About- I took I took a seven hour bus ride from Oslo to Trondheim, and. Okay. I probably did it somewhat illegally. I I don't know why I'm saying this, but um, <laughs> I had this like URL pass, Joe. I don't know if you're familiar, but I no. use it in Norway and I just like kind of finesse the system a little bit because I was a young, <laughs> naive 19-year-old traveler that didn't have any money. So that's, that's what I did, bro. Like, And I think the Norwegians will respect me for it. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, they, maybe they're just like not listening anymore. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I know of towns like Bergen and Drammen and Tromsø. Okay, I'm, uh, but that's because I'm looking at map. Okay. Well, I'm familiar with Bergen, but I, the other two they could be anywhere. <laughs> be anywhere. I've never heard of them. Tromsø. So. I, I have actually um seen I'm pretty sure Tromsø is a, a team. Um and then that Bodo mm, they they were in like the conference actually. conference league or Europa league. They yeah. made like the quarterfinals, eh? So but, they, they must be glimpse. handy. But a glimpse that's how I pronounce it, which is almost certainly a complete nutter fail. Um, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't expect to talk about Norway on the podcast, but uh, other than than, than uh, just the leagues covered, have you you haven't picked up any players from Norwegian league? No, because I don't know a thing about them, bro. Maybe maybe one day, yeah. but I mean, I, I I think you and I both have so much of our attention focused towards Asia, so. I mean, I haven't even bothered to pick up any challenger players. I don't know if we were going to discuss that, but um, I haven't really bolstered my squad in any way, any any way with any challenger players. The um, I had a little look at um, the team at Rosenborg and their players because I know they're a, they're a decent team in the Norwegian league, and I was kind of underwhelmed by the scores from all the players. There wasn't really like a it didn't seem like there was a kind of Sazenia type level player. Um, I thought they're probably, you know, like a, maybe a bit of a Salzburg in their in their league. It would kind of stomp, stomp their league a bit. So I was kind of surprised the scores were as sort of. I mean, they're not bad. Some of the players were quite good, but not sort of like game breaking good. Mm. Um, we've also seen a ton of teams renewing and different leagues renewing. Um, I kind of lost track of all of them to be quite honest. But and then they've got you know new twenty two. 2023 cards out. Um, what were the ones that they'd they'd done the Austrian Bundesliga and they didn't they just they announced just another one didn't they? Um, you see, Jack the uh, oh Eredivisie. All the new Eredivisie cards are out. Mm. Um, they yeah they renewed uh, Porto. Um, oh the other news um, on. That deal with Fabrizio Romano. I did see it, and I have absolutely no idea what that means. Like, um, yeah, I mean, 
It confuses like, me. It confused me as well. Like, is he going to say, oh, here's the players you should be looking at buying on the game? Like, I don't know. It, it almost could be bordering on financial advice. Um, it's a murky ground. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of odd. It, it just feels to me like it's really a bit of a like marketing thing um, because he's got, obviously got a large Twitter following. Um one of the biggest so yeah absolutely massive um, i think i saw that he surpassed like 10 million followers on instagram which is just so wow. crazy for like a, a journalist right that's probably what you yeah. call fabrizio a journalist yeah, pretty much that is unreal bro that's like kim k bro he's the kim k of the football world man 10 million followers like he's probably in like the, the top like 0.1 percent of like all footballers with that following that's like unreal <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy to think of a journalist as having like more of a following than like a top footballer yeah Anyway, but, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what comes with that. I want to actually just review last week's data picks, Jack, because I think there's there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, bragging there. Oh, all right, mate, go into it. <laughs> so um, now, last week we gave um, basically top two highest clean sheet odds across a number of different leagues, and uh, sort of like top two goal scoring. Um, odds teams in multiple leagues now not too many of them were actually the top top but most of them were pretty good calls in terms of the um, clean sheet picks of the nine because Yokohama didn't play of the nine that actually played four were clean sheets <clears throat> which I uh, was pretty happy with um, both both in Turkey Turkey was the Turkey was actually one of the most accurate across the board um, both Trabzonspor and Gaziantep Keep them clean sheet. Um, uh, let's say again, Tosu and other, and Rangers um, another. The K League, we were, I was way off. <laughs> um, that was, I mean, don't know what's going on with John Book, but conceded three um, against Incheon and Gangwon. Um, it was bizarre. I mean, Suwon have been so poor away from home, and they scored three. Um, I think they scored like, what did I? I think what was the number? Nine goals away from home in total all season. Um, and so they just increased it by a third in one game. And Gangwon had been pretty solid at home. So interesting. Uh, did you did you actually watch that game, Jack? No, I didn't watch it. I I caught bits of it. The pitch was like a flood. It was. Oh yes, I did disgrace. watch it. I did watch yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I watched it towards the end. Yeah, it was terrible. I think it was just like pools of water everywhere. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to claim that it was weather-related, the, the crazy score. <laughs> um, on the on the top goal-scoring picks, um, picked some good ones there. Um, Kawasaki didn't play, unfortunately, so we'll never know. Um, well, I guess we'll know when, when they have the reschedule fixture. But um, Shimizu um, picked and scored 2.6. Obviously, they can't score, actually, 2.6, so they scored 2. Uh, Ulsan was the top career pick. They hit four. Um, actually, there were a lot of good picks in Korea. Uh, Pohang was the was the poor <laughs> pick on the goal scoring side of things. They got absolutely blown away by Jeju um, out of nowhere, losing five nil. It was a shocker from them. Um, but uh, Finabache, the model predicted us that they scored six past Kasim and They did score six past Kasim Pasta, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
probably a bit more of a fluke than anything because um, it was making that prediction off limited data. But um, they were great. Celtic, um, they scored five. Aberdeen scored two. Um, Salzburg and Austrian both scored two in Austria, which they weren't the top scoring teams there. But uh, Gaziantep was probably the the other failure where they only scored one. Um, but they weren't a failure in my eyes. All four of my Gaziantep players scored solidly, so got got out of them what I was expecting. So um, yeah, I was pretty happy with those those data picks, Jack. Um, and uh, I'll give you some more. Uh, this is some some more for the week. So. Um, in the Turkish League, top picks this week um, for clean sheets is uh, Istanbul Basaksa here and um, Hete Spor. Uh, in terms of goals, four um, actually also have. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, we have um, Besiktas, uh, I expect will be one of the top goal scorers, uh, along with. Um, Fenerbahce and Basaksa here. In the K-League, um, actually, I'll come back to that because I'll be interested in your opinion on that, Jack. Um, in the Scottish League, uh, again, Celtic and Rangers. The Scottish League, Scottish League is kind of boring, to be honest. Um, so maybe it's worth just giving the the the, um, the top scorer outside of those two teams because they're pretty much always going to be the top scoring teams. But uh, Ross County is my pick this week. They, I think, are at home to... Uh, St. Uh, was it St. Mirren? No, Kilmarnock, the promoted team, um, who are also, they've both started the season poorly. Um, they're at home. Kilmarnock looks kind of rubbish, so uh, I think they're all being in a couple. Um, on the defensive front outside of Celtic and Rangers, uh, Ross County, again, is the pick, so maybe check them out. Um, Austria Bundesliga, my top goal scoring picks, uh, should probably just skip Salzburg. They're pretty much always going to be up there based on the model. But uh, outside of them is uh, Lustenau. They had a big 4-1 victory over um, the... Uh, who was it? Uh, Hartberg um, last week. Um, and they've been doing all right. They've scored seven goals so far in four games. Um, and then also... Uh, Sturm Graz um, is the other top goal scoring pick on the uh, clean sheet front other than Salzburg who are again top of the pile um, picking Lustenau and uh, Riyad to be the most likely but not expecting many clean sheets this week expecting lots of uh, sort of like one or draws and two ones um, Jaylee and Kaylee. Jack, are we interested? Um, who, based on my model, who do you mm-hmm. think um, I have as the two highest scoring teams in the K League this week? We've only got three games. Three games? Four games. Four games. Good um, question. Because I feel like your data might have changed after that uh, Jeju versus uh, Pohang game, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that could, like. Um, change things a fair bit but also if young are playing and if young are playing it probably means like the team they're playing against is going to do well i would assume <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be right with that <laughs> uh so I, I would probably say the team most likely to score the most goals are probably either olsan or Seoul. i'd probably say right yeah i have um jeju and Seoul 
as the top top two scorers um, mm. for this week. Interestingly, it doesn't doesn't rate um, Ulsan that highly, and I think it's because in a number of prior games they've scored below or only in line with the amount expected, and la- the last game is the only one where they've really actually outperformed um, mm. what was expected. And Kim Chion has, while they've been pretty terrible, um, actually they, they, they had that good game the other week in game week 294, but I think um, what the model isn't picking up, which is a big factor, is that Kim Chion, because a lot of their um, recruits you know, leave at the end of September, or in early September, and they kind of just kick them out of the team to go on a holiday in advance, you know, they are a lot lower quality. Um, you know, right now than they were, um, but um, yeah, I do. Well, yeah. So I think um, it's going to be one of Jeju, Ulsan, or Seoul that are scoring the most this week, um, most likely. Um, although I've been impressed with Incheon recently, um, and that Hernandez guy, it's been a beast. Wish he had a card. Yeah, he'd probably be about $400, to be honest, the way he's going, and he's under 23 in Ford. So, yeah, he does look pretty decent, eh? Like, I, I caught him, like, who is this guy? He looks good, man. Like, the first game yeah. he played, I don't know where he came from or what he did, but, like, Inchon have actually smashed it as a replacement for Magosa. Holy, yeah, that was... Yeah, like, they've taken a step up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> played, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Massive yeah, impressed. likewise. I'm very impressed. So, Redata has him listed as Hernades. <laughs> Like they've missed an in out there. I guess they just don't care about Incheon. Um <laughs> But uh, he's probably not going to get a card this this year, unfortunately. Um, but if he stick, well, surely he sticks around next year. I mean, on the on the evidence thus far, they'd be crazy to to not want to renew him. Um, and uh, I assume he would have had more than like a six month contract. But anyway, um, on the goals against front, um, who do you think are the Two best clean sheet odds. Two best clean sheet. Well, I mean, if Choju Sung isn't playing for Gimshi on, I think Olsan will have a um, yeah, totally. fairly good time. So I, I'd probably say them. Um, yeah. Probably also Pohang. They're, they're at home against the Chion, and Chion aren't that good, but the Sanandis guys might have something else to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so Because yeah. of Chion's uptick in goal scoring form, it, it's reflecting that um, in the model. So. Um, Jeju are the second um, highest rated I think not just because of their last two games being clean sheets but also because apart from that uh, one game in game week 294 Siwon Bluings has been pretty poor at scoring mm. especially away from home um, so yeah, I think those are two really good shouts for, for players um, Jeju Ulsan and Seoul I don't know about Seoul necessarily um, defensively. They they tend to concede one a lot. Like, it's been a long time since they kept a clean sheet. Wow. Do you want to guess when the last time they kept a clean sheet was, Jack? Let's say eight games ago. It was game week 280. So that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games ago. Mm. Um, Yeah, so... And Seongam tend to actually um, score goals. Um, they just concede a lot. Um, J League. 
the there's a clear actually that's interesting data showing a clear um, favorite for goals for it might not be who you'd expect you know take a guess clear expect um I probably need to pull up the games because I mean there's only yeah there's only about six games again because we've got um, oh well Urawa also plays um, but I don't have them in the model because of the the playing in the Asia Champions League uh, I would probably say Nagoya's up there and they're actually going to be um, they're, we're going to see the lineups before the deadline for that game which is pretty interesting um, I didn't know that I don't have many oh, Nagoya true. or Jubilo players but I can see Castro having a, a great time yeah yeah, so they are up there. They're basically second equal, but not top. Um, probably San Fritcher or Kashima Anlers, I'd probably say. Yeah, San Fritcher is the other one that's joint second. Kashima, I think I have as like fourth. Um, the top that uh, the data says is Kashiwa, Raisol, away to mm. Shimizu. I think it's just down to Shimizu conceding a lot of goals generally. Um, but it'd be interesting I mean they, their defence has been a little bit better um, the last couple of games they've got three clean sheets in the last five but they've also conceded two and three goals in games in that time um, yeah interesting I, uh, yeah I think it could be a 2-1 to, to race all there but uh, and then goals against um I there's there's actually quite a few solid candidates this week. Um, Nagoya is probably my pick, and well, it's what the data's pick is based on the model, and it's kind of no surprise. Jubilo have been terrible away from home, um, and they are pretty much guaranteed to go down now. I think they they just look horrendous. They got absolutely smacked by Urawa. You know, Urawa had only scored six goals away from home all season in about something like eleven. 12 games and they, they score 6 in one game they doubled their, their whole tally oh for the gosh. season in one game um, <laughs> they were the, the worst goal scoring side away from home in the league and they scored 6 past Jubilo um, wow. so yeah I think and Jubilo didn't score any so I think yeah Nagoya looks like a really good um, shot at the back and up front um, especially with the lineups being announced uh, pre-deadline I hadn't actually noticed that um, so they look a great shout uh, and second best I have is um, San Francisco Hiroshima at home to Gamba Gamba have been poor um, of, re- of late unfortunately uh, I, I like them I hope they stay up um, and then yeah Kashima Antlers against Shonen is a um, decent candidate Shonen don't concede a lot of goals but they haven't been scoring many any uh, many either so mm. um, I've actually got um, Queen Sante in my um, uh, just as I'm talking about goalkeepers someone bought my Viviano so if you're listening to the podcast and that was you <laughs> thank you very much uh, if, uh, and I hope, oh, I hope he does you well I don't hold much hopes for Fatikara Gumruk this weekend sorry because um, I think the other one's playing Besiktas so I'm picking to score a few um but yeah, I've uh, got Queen Sante in um, Specialist Jack because oh, okay. he's an L1540. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, yeah, I think he's a great pick, um, not just for general clean sheet, but for for um, specialist. Anyway, that's started for this week. Um, you got any thoughts on some of those predictions? Do you think I slash the data are wildly off? Mate, it's just as good as throwing a dart with your your data, I reckon, sometimes, eh? But then again, nah, I, I think you're onto something there, and it's pretty insightful, the information you provide with that. So, uh, yeah, we'll say you're somewhat accurate. Maybe you'll get, like, above average on the things that you're predicting. So, like, you might get 6 out of 10 right, right? Let's let's say that, something like that, probably. I think you, I'd, be, I'd be stoked if I got that many. Like, you know... Um, because the it's it's rare that you find a game where a team oh, yeah. is more likely to keep a clean sheet than than be than concede. Um, mm. So you know, I think um, if I'm getting if I'm getting half, I'm stoked with that um, because I think that's actually above um, what would be expected based on the on the numbers. I think it's probably more likely to be something like four of ten, maybe maybe five of ten, but. Um, I mean, there's always going to be ones that are outliers, like, you know, a team's conceded tons of goals and they all of a sudden turn up and have a great game. And that's, that's just football. There's always going to be a an outlier like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, for example, Jubilo's getting scored six on by, you know, Urawa. That was... I don't think anyone saw that coming. The XG predictions, not just my own, but uh, on places like, you know, the Play Sharper app and, you know, nowhere was predicting six goals for Urawa. Um, but you know it's football um, Jack like, what, what sort of players are you buying what, are you, what, are you, what have some of your transactions been oh mate so I'm struggling to kind of think what I want to do right because we're getting closer and closer to the end of Asia and I know that's going to present a lot of opportunities like players mm-hmm. are just going to become cheaper and cheaper so I'm trying to determine what is the best thing to do like um, in terms of picking up players and getting good deals really um, yeah I think generally if I can't, I don't want to really force any deals. Like if I think like a play doesn't represent like super good value, then I'm just kind of stalling. Um, I'm kind of just waiting because I feel like through my experience playing so rare, there have just been occasions like, yes, this feels like a very good opportunity to buy. Um, whereas like at this exact moment in time, I'm like looking and trying to recruit players. Um, you know, I can't really see any like spectac- spectacular deals. Um, so I'm kind of just stalling. So Maybe it's because, you know, we're pretty close to the deadline. I mean, it's, the deadline's like eight hours away and traditionally player prices are more expensive um, mm. prior to the deadline. So I'm not sure. Um, I've got um, 860 bips at the moment. So I have a bit of disposable money. I'm trying to determine if I want to pick up like uh, Asako, the San Fretre under-23 goalkeeper because I've got mm. the rear backup keeper at the moment, which I got a pretty pretty solid deal for so i could have a sarko playing and then if something uh tragic happens to him then i've got the rare backup sam fresher keeper for pretty good value and stuff like that so I've, I've been considering getting him uh i also mentioned to you off um prior to the pod drill that i'm considering getting uh the ford variation of Amwon sang because i have pretty much an olsan stack i have like all the best olsan players but i don't have Amwon sang or leonardo like i kind of need a ford for them and i think that could be a like pretty solid like set and forget team that i can either put in asia or all-star mm. and you know maybe get the 400 pointer like i i kind of did this week so because you know also is the best team in the k league right i think they're very capable mm. of you know getting those big uh results yeah so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of just like 
weighing up between that, but I'm just kind of waiting for good deals that represent good value. Maybe there's like occasions in the off season where there are like some players that play really consistently that have uh, super rare auctions or I don't know, rare auctions, then you can just get massive discounts because I, I think that's just like a pr- pretty reoccurring theme on so rare. You can just pick up like good deals like that in the off season. Mm. Yeah. I think f- for me, I'm, I'm still picking up players, but the players I'm buying are ones that I'm expecting to hold well into to next season. Um, and it's like players that are sort of, you know, towards the, the premium end. Like, for example, Varko, you know, um, Valerie Kazajvili from Ulsan, you know, three decisives in his last three games. Um, we've already talked about their fixture against uh, Kim Jeon. Um, you know, I expect he stays at Ulsan or he gets a move to another team in the you know in the K League, like he's he's or a decent team. You know, he's not going to just fall off off a cliff. Like he's been solid this season. Um, he's a talented player. He's been there, I think, a couple of years already, and I expect he'll probably stay again next year. But so it's, it's players like that, yeah, like like you said, you know, I think a lot of the Asia players are still going to drop a bit in price. But if they're a player that I'm prepared to hold medium term, like until next season starts, then that's who I'm picking up. Pelosovic, another example. I just bought him today um, from Seoul. Like the fixture, he um, is a bit of a mainstay in that team um, and in the K League. He's been in the K League a while. He's twenty eight, so he's you know still got a couple of good years ahead. I think he probably um, sticks around next year as well. I think they probably go into next year with him and um, Elyashenko um, combining and, and firing. Um, and yeah, I'm also just trying to pick up a little bit in <clears throat> in Turkey, probably more than the other leagues. I just think um, it's for a couple of reasons. One, um, the Turkish league I think is a bit more competitive than the likes of the Belgian league or the Scottish league. You've only got 12 teams in those leagues. Um, there's a couple of teams that are quite dominant, or or one team that is quite dominant in the case of the Austrian league, and <clears throat> the rest are kind of average. And so. You know, you're getting two of eleven teams that your, you know, that your players are in. Two, two, of, two of eleven games are going to be like, for example, in the Scottish League. Two of eleven games are going to be really tough. Um, and then perhaps you know, like a couple of the other away games, it kind of feels like the the general utility for those players is less than like in the Turkish League, where I just think it's in general much more competitive. Um, and you know, like the likes of Gaziantep, they're great at home. Konya Spore, great at home. Um, you know, that basically gives you, you know, really good use half the time, um, at least, um, or chances of, you know, really good scores half the time. So, um, and and they've got more fixtures as well in the Turkish League compared with um, particularly the Belgian League, which has like a huge break between the World Cup and like Feb. It's basically the same as the K League and J League, which... It's really interesting to me, Jack, that so many, you know, K League and J League players are just like selling off significantly in price, yet they have particularly in the case of the K League, they have I think as many or more fixtures between like now and the end of the actual season for the Belgian League. Because hmm. you know, they both have a break from like November through Feb. And then you know, obviously the K League is only starting, whereas the Belgian League's about halfway in. So um yeah. I, um, well, I still own a few players there. I don't think I'm going to expand on it more. I think I'm probably just going to focus a bit more to the Turkish league, 
to Gaziantep, to Konyaspor, to Alanyaspor. I picked up um, Bekaroglu from Alanyaspor because I've already got that um, Djeju, Fumar Djeju, you know, the Senegalese guy, um, striker. Mm. He's out injured at the moment, um, but should be back and should be starting and um, will be keen to make the Senegalese World Cup team. So, uh, And I've also got uh, Karaka or Karacha, however it's pronounced, um, who's a midfielder of that team. He's he had a great first game, got like two assists in the first game, but got injured as well. Missed the last one, is questionable for this game. So adding another player in Bekaroglu from that team, um, I think it's you know it's, it's solid. It's useful for... Um, yeah, for the the rest of that season, because um, so I can really use them together. So that's probably my my strategy is yeah from Asia players that I'm going to hold on to next season um, with, um, and then from like the Turkish league, it's it's players that play for um, probably the same teams that I already own, and if I'm buying players from other teams, I'm you know being prepared to buy a couple to be able to sort of pair them up really because the, the stacking makes a huge difference I think. Um, to to scores, um, yeah. Uh, probably last thing I wanted to just chat through, and we can talk as short or or long on it um, as you want, Jack. But um, the um, the scores that are being required to win rewards is getting talked about a lot at the moment. I don't know if you've seen much on Twitter about... I haven't really been following, but I know you, you know, said um, to me maybe yesterday or the day before. Anyway, so mm-hmm. you can go, you can talk about it. Yeah, the... I mean, I saw a few, um, like, comments from people. It was a bit of, a bit of smack talk, really. <laughs> um, a few people... I'm not going to name names, but um, we're basically rubbishing the ideas of others um, for for whatever reason, um, which I thought was um, a bit a bit petty, really. Um, on you know ways to to improve um, the game, ways ways to improve rewards, how Saria could fix it, and one of the one of the ideas that suggested, which I thought was an interesting idea. Um, was a threshold for limited. Um, before I give my opinion on Jack, do you have do you have any any thoughts on that, like that suggestion? I mean, it's, it's a somewhat interesting concept, but uh, I feel like it's going to kind of complicate things, like somewhat, and just going to change the whole market completely. So, I mean. And I don't know if it's going to be beneficial to Sora. It's probably why they haven't implemented it already. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it kind of confuses me and I haven't really given it much thought. So I'll pass it on to you because you probably have like analyzed it a bit more than me. <laughs> so you probably sure. give a better, better, better opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea, but I think because um, the question was has to be like, what's actually sustainable? Um, what's what's going to work long term? Um, and I think it could work, but obviously it wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't be earning the same amount anywhere near the same amount that you are from All Star Rare. I think for starters, you'd probably be earning like a tenth of what you do for All Star Rare. So like All Star Rare, you know, you got fifty US dollars, twenty five US dollars. I think if you're doing it for All Star Limited, because you have about ten times as many cards, not exactly, but getting there, 
and you're probably doing it about tenth the value, say like five dollars, two dollars fifty. Which mm. I think for starters, the question like, would people actually care enough about that to to like be interested? I mean, I, I can't answer that because like for me, uh, I could take it or leave it. And it's like twenty bips, ten bips, upper lower threshold. I mean, sure, it adds up over time. It's it's not massive, but maybe it'd be really useful for people that are starting the game. Um, you know, as a way to sort of like slowly get in. What I would think it would really do though is um, actually revalue a lot of cards that are pretty much considered worthless now. Like, um, I was thinking about an example, and um, the one I came that came to mind because I own him and have owned him for a little while is um, Ryu J Moon of John Book. Mm. Um, like he he is. I mean, his, his rare card is super cheap, by the way, um, and possibly worth looking at. I mean, he's he's been in and out of the team. He, he's had some injury issues. He's expected to be a starter. I mean, he's a pretty consistent scorer, like sort of 40s uh, into the 50s, kind of like a Leo Silva, um, but younger. He's 28. And, you know, his limited card, while I own it, I owned it because of the Asia Champions League and... Um, you know, I was, we were picking up all sorts of like backup players and just all sorts of cheap players from from teams to to try and take advantage of those mismatches in the Asia Champions League. But um, his limited card is pretty much useless. Like, if you look at his scores, his highest score in the last year is seventy seven. After that, it's a sixty nine, and then a sixty, and then below that, it's just like fifties, forties, high thirties. Um, I mean, he, he's he's probably almost never going to win you a reward. I mean, going back even further than that, his highest ever score is an 82, and that was in the Asia Champions League where they won 9-0. Um, <laughs> Tampines are over. Um, you know, he's not going to get decisive very often. And so players like this, and there are a lot of players like this, a lot of like you know central midfielders who um, kind of just you know turn the ball over, like move the ball around, keep it moving, um, and aren't spectacular but aren't terrible. But, I mean, his limited card is basically worthless. It's basically got no use. Um, you're just about never going to win a reward with him. Maybe through the academy he might have some use, but outside of that, not really. Um, you know, he's not bad enough for specialist, um, for the L1540, and he's not good enough for underdog. Um, and there, there are tons of players like this, and I've looked at the numbers a lot, Um on like how many cards I have, it's been a while since I actually updated gave an update of it but um, you might remember Jack I was looking at how many cards were like worth sort of like 10 bips or less um, yep. like what percentage of all cards and it was like a third and so that's basically like a third of cards that are useless and um, as we have been seeing you know more cards obviously being you know minted over time um, given out as rewards etc um, you know you have a greater supply but you know a greater supply of Ryu J Moon is not going to get picked up like at the moment so is maybe issuing what like 350 limiteds per player maybe on average each year they're not, not doing the full thousand um, that would be too much they might be doing maybe 350 um, I mean there are not 350 people out there that want a Ryu J Moon limited but if you introduce like a limited threshold then you know, his value might, it's not going to massively skyrocket, but, you know, his value might improve a little bit. Um, and so might actually get a bit more, you know, for um, the new auctions 
of Rouge Moon and, and other players like him. Um, it would you know, re-rate player values quite a lot. And the, the reason I think that this is something Surrey should take seriously is we're seeing, and and I'll, I'll continue to, to track the data on it because I think um, that will really prove it over time, but it seems like there are a greater number of players that are sort of entering essentially the worthless category and the players at the top end like Mbappe are basically maintaining value or potentially getting more valuable because you know instead of uh, like 380 points being good enough for a decent reward out of all star limited now it's 400 and you know that means getting that player that's 10% better or 5% better and moving up the the value chain and you know if you, you could easily find you know 350 managers out there that you know that want an Mbappe or want you know a sort of mid to upper tier card and I mean for example someone could easily have four Mbappes and get use out of them you know like you could play them under 23 play them all-star you can play them champ um, you can play them specialist um, and so you know, that demand for those top-level players isn't really ever going to go away. Of course, who is a top-level player is going to change, but, you know, what's certain is that those sort of like average to bottom-level players are pretty much never um, going to have that short of them becoming, you know, all of a sudden a great player. But Rujay Moon at 28, he's probably not going to start breaking the matrix next season. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty unlikely. And while I don't think that's a real need to... Um, create value for every card on the game if there are an increasing number of managers who feel like the only way to win is by spending a lot of money to get the best cards they're going to eventually start going you know what stuff it i'm just going to sell up it's not worth it anymore and mm-hmm. and in time that's probably going to be a reality and the way so rare will continue to exist is through charging secondary fees on the market um in order to continue you know having an income but they don't want that to be occurring yet because if they're still in growth phase, you know, we, there's still hopes of the Premier League, there's rumours of Liverpool being, you know, re-announced and um, is signed and, um, you know, all sorts. You know, they don't want to be now seeing people, you know, leaving um, because of frustrations over ability to win, you know, rewards. And so I think they're going to be very careful about because it can be a momentum thing like and a sentiment thing like even just looking at twitter the sentiment is you know turning like more and more negative even um that uh what's his name that bride mc or whatever his name is ace ace, Mc, ace mcbride <laughs> you know that have you seen that guy he's mcbride ace i think i i Got definitely ace. do rec- recognize that uh People that username yeah i mean he, he's a he's a, a beast in syria and this guy's like got insanely good winning ratios you know great manager even even he's actually i saw him commenting on um so Rez, um tweet about oh who wants a new team and he's like nah you need to improve the rewards um you know you've, you've got even like some of the base of the whales of the game you know saying that you need to sort these out um you know that's that's a problem and you know the whales should care about it too because if you start getting you know numbers of people leaving Syria um, because of frustrations over just, you know, the um, difficulty of rewards and the, the lack of rewards being given out, then, you know, that affects 
um, you know, those that have a lot in the game too, because they the reason their cards have value is because there's a lot of people playing. Um, and if you have a lot of people leaving, then you know that will be negative for card values for everyone. So I think so. I really have to consider it seriously. I think yeah, an all star limited um, threshold could be an option. You could make make it so that if you're in the reward tier, you don't get the the threshold. It's like one or the other. You can maybe just do away with tier three limiteds out of all star limited, so that you know you're actually getting something of, of value and do you know the um, like a threshold to, to 250 points and you get, you know, 20 bips or whatever. Um, my other suggestion, I think they need to, um, to to either completely change underdog or introduce a, like a underdog, a super underdog <laughs> or mm. something. Um, where you've got like an L15 of 40 or even 35, um, like, a, like a bench warmers, <laughs> um, super subs, they could call it maybe. Um where you know some of those cards um, actually have some use to a beginner, they can pick them up, compete in that competition. Maybe win like a tier two limited at best, then they go up to from you know an L fifteen thirty or thirty five super sub to a semi underdog, which is now L fifteen forty, and then from there you know you can progress. You know maybe you win a tier one at best in that, and progress to actually playing you know proper underdog and 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 exclude the need for a keeper in both of them. Because that was the issue when they, you remember Jack, you know, when they first introduced Underdog and it was like, you know, it was L15 of 40 for like all players sometimes. And you've got like, there's like maybe six goalkeepers there that are likely to play that, you know, <laughs> and we were there like, and it's on some of our previous podcasts of like, you know, picking up like Levershov from Arsenal 2. Oh, was absolutely yeah. trash. <laughs> Crack up. Oh, that's such a throwback. Um such a throwback to only like a couple of, a few months ago, which is kind of crazy. Um, he's still still fit symmetric, but he's he's not playing. I don't think um, he plays for Arsenal. Tulum. Well, he did anyway. Well, they got relegated. So, it, so he got transferred, did he? To nah, he's he's at Tula, but they got relegated. So mm. he's worth fifty bucks now. That's what he's. Well, that's what his flaws at. But he was just he was downright <laughs> terrible. His best score was a forty-five in the last like seven games. Eight games, um, yeah, and so you know if you don't have that goalkeeper requirement in an L fifteen forty format, then it's quite easy. Um, you're not going to see huge scores, but I think it's a bit more fun to that. You actually have some use of those players that sit on the bench and maybe come off, and you know, like you root for that super sub. You don't just go, oh, he's on the bench again. You know, it's like, oh, he's on the bench. That's expected. Or yeah, he's on the bench. He's not in the reserves. You know. <laughs> He's not completely out of the lineup. Like he's got a chance of like coming on and getting a decisive like because the game as it is is kind of like oh if he's on the bench my game week's over um, mm. and like every lineup underdog included um, like underdog's not really much of an underdog competition when you're putting you know able to put some like really huge scorers um, or huge potential scorers you know and you're needing like. 350 points across four players to actually win anything decent um so i think they 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 need to seriously seriously look at it and and make some some changes but that's my 10 cents or a thousand cents (laughs) (laughs) i've heard that one before that's a good one what the thousand cents one yeah analogy oh of course you did (laughs) anyway it's probably us eh, Joel. yep that's us. That's that's the wisdom for the week as well. You know, mm. 
Um, a thousand cents. Is it a thousand better cents? than ten cents? <laughs> yeah. Do what it, is that's uh, ten dollars? Yeah, exactly. With a hundred times as much. It's a couple Kim Young bins right there, eh? <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. That's us for this week. Later. Thank you.